Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the hope of the future as we pick up in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. The child is born in Bethlehem, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. A child is born. Looking at it from the divine side, a son is given. The two aspects. From the human side, a child is born. From the divine side, it's more than just a child born. A son is given. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Humanly, a child is born. Divinely, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Now, that portion of the prophecy is not yet fulfilled. That portion of the prophecy is yet to be fulfilled. Now, this is why, and please, let's have mercy and understanding for the disciples. They were completely confused with Jesus. They were looking for their Messiah. They were waiting for the Messiah, anticipating the Messiah, for they knew these prophecies. And whenever Jesus would start to talk about his death, they would get bugged because they didn't want to talk about his death. They wanted to talk about him sitting upon the throne of David. They wanted to talk about the kingdom and the reigning over the world. And so every time he would bring up the fact that he was going to be crucified, Peter said, oh, Lord, be that far from thee. Peter began to rebuke him for talking about his crucifixion. In turn, got rebuked. They didn't understand. And they were always saying, well, Lord, when are you going to set up your kingdom? You know, when, when, when's that aspect going to come? And Jesus said, hey, there's a job to be done in the meantime. Don't, you know, that's appointed in the Father. His time, he's going to do that. But in the meantime, there's a job to be done. Now, the kingdom shall be established. This portion of the prophecy is yet unfulfilled. The child was born, the son was given given in a way that they didn't anticipate. His life was given as a ransom for our sins. But now we await the day when the government will be upon his shoulder. But that day will come very soon. I'm convinced of that. When Jesus returns to set up the kingdom, the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Whose name is going to be the mighty God? The child that was born, the son that was given. Oh, how that bugs the Jehovah Witnesses. (laughs) Even more, the everlasting father and the prince of peace, his name. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And he shall reign forever and ever. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be an Thinking of Micah's prophecy, and thou Bethlehem of Judea, though thou be little among the provinces of Judah, yet out of thee shall come he who is to rule my people Israel, whose going forth is from henceforth even forever. Ruler upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it in with judgment and with justice from now on, even forever, for the zeal of the Lord of hosts. So fabulous prophecy 
of that yet future time when Jesus comes and establishes the kingdom, coming again in power and in great glory, not coming as a child, as a servant to die. He died once and for all. He's coming now to reign, to establish his eternal kingdom. Now, God is going to bring his judgment upon these people, and, and he, he comes back now to the immediate. The Lord sent a word into Jacob, and it hath lighted upon Israel. And all the people shall know, even Ephraim, that is the northern kingdom, and the inhabitant of Samaria, the capital of the northern kingdom, that say in the prideness and the stoutness of heart, the bricks are fallen down, but we will build with hewn stone. In other words, they've attacked us and they've knocked down our bricks, but we will build with stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we'll change them into cedars. Therefore, the Lord shall set up the adversaries of resin against him and join the enemies together, the Syrians before and the Philistines behind, and they shall devour Israel with an open mouth. For all of this, his anger is, turned, is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. In other words, God is going to start bringing Samaria, even the confederacy that they've made with resin, Syria is going to come against Samaria, and they will be joined by the Philistines in the attack. But even that, the people's hearts are stiffened and hardened against God, and thus God continues his judgment. His hand is stretched out still, because this isn't going to change them and bring them revival. For the people turns not, they turn not unto him, that smites them, neither do they seek the Lord of hosts. Now, God oftentimes brings judgment into our lives or chastisement into our lives or judgment into the life of a sinner in order to turn that sinner unto God. And if you don't respond, it will get worse and worse and worse until you'll finally be destroyed. And so the nation, his hand is stretched out still. For all of this, they will not turn to God. They will not hearken. Therefore, the Lord will cut off from Israel the head and the tail, the branch and the rush in one day. The ancient and the honorable men, the older men, are the head, and the lying prophets are the tail. And God's going to wipe them out. For the leaders of this people cause them to err, and they that are led of them are destroyed. That's a tragic thing when the leaders and supposed spiritual leaders are leading the people into error. Jesus said, if the blind lead the blind, they're both going to fall in the ditch. And that makes sense. And if people are following blind leaders, false prophets who are leading them into error, then the people will be destroyed. I think of Jim Jones and that tragedy of Ghana, which never needed to be, except that he began to put himself and his word above the Bible. He began to be the God unto the people. The people were left without a true authority of God's word. They were led to challenge and to doubt the word of God as authority, and they began to accept the word of man as an authority. There are a lot of people today who are being led by false prophets. There are so many hypes in the world today. So many 
of these big-named ministers, evangelists and all, who are using totally worldly practices in order to try to gain support for their ministries, sending out these letters in which they are begging for funds. But there is such a total inconsistency in it all. If anybody has eyes, surely they can see the inconsistency in these letters that are being sent out. They used to have a radio station down in Del Rio, Texas that used to broadcast every wild evangelist in the country. And the, the gimmicks that these guys would offer, you can't believe. There was one fellow who was offering miracle wallets. <laughs> and you could send in for this miracle wallet. And he guaranteed that you'd never be broke as long as you kept this miracle wallet. Blessed of God, a miracle wallet, and it will always have something in it. And he would, you know, $10 donation and all, you get this miracle wallet. But then he'd say, now friends, I want to talk to you about a program. We're needing your support, and if you don't send your support right away, we're going to have to go off the air, friends. So please now send in your tithes and your offerings so that we don't have to go off the air. And if you give a generous offering, I'll send you the miracle wallet, you know. Man, is that inconsistent. Why doesn't he use one of the wallets himself and stay on the air? And so they send these poor mouth letters where our ministry is being threatened. We're not going to be able to carry on this great program of God. Or they usually don't say the great program. Our great ministry, we won't be able to carry it on unless we hear from you. And if we hear from you, we will send you our free book on how to be healthy, wealthy, and wise how to have more faith. Well, why don't they exercise their faith as far as the funding of their program or their possibility thinking? Why don't they use that for themselves? Why do they have to send out letters begging people for the funds? And why in the letters do they say, we are trusting in you? That's why. Because they are trusting in you and not trusting in God, and that's why they're having financial problems. If they were trusting in the Lord, they wouldn't be going through the financial problems. But you can read the inconsistencies right into the letters. And those that follow them are being led astray. The blind are leading the blind. The leaders of this people cause them to err. And they that are led of them are destroyed. It's tragic. Tragic indeed. All of the spiritual hype that is going on in the country today. All of these computerized letters that these people are receiving. We received a letter the other day with the check enclosed. 
person said, we really enjoy your program and we wanted to send in some support, but please don't put us on a mailing list because this is all we're going to send, you know. And I wrote back and I said, thank you for your check. Rest at ease. We don't have a mailing list. We don't need a mailing list. I don't read of Paul the Apostle or Jesus using mailing lists to support their missionary endeavors. They trusted in the Father. It was neat. I was up in Napa Friday night at a special service. The auditorium was just packed. People standing around on the outside. And it was so glorious that I could stand before those people and say, I'm not here tonight because I had nothing else to do. For I have a lot that I could be doing this evening. I'm not here tonight because I need an offering. Because I'm not going to receive one penny of the offering that you gave tonight. Not one penny comes to me. In fact, I said, we spent more money coming up here and putting future survival on your television than what the offering will even cover. It won't even cover expenses. But that's not why we're here. Because I have a very wealthy father who takes care of my own needs and my expenses wherever I go. So we're not up here depending on you. And it's so glorious to, to be able to say that. To go into a community and not say, well, we're going to have to have $10,000 know, in order, but just to go in and say, hey, we're here for one reason, because we believe that Jesus Christ is coming soon and he sent us out to warn you. you know, and, and to just be able to go out and freely preach the gospel and not have to you know, beg the people for money or anything else, because that always makes, to me, the whole issue suspect. If you get up and spend the first hour in taking up an offering, you know, and telling the people the great needs, you really wonder, why did they try and get me out here tonight? <laughs> well, therefore the Lord shall have no joy in their young men, neither shall he have mercy on the fatherless or the widows, for everyone is a hypocrite. An evildoer, every mouth speaks folly. For all of this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Even in all of this, when they become desolate, still they're not turning. For wickedness burns as a fire, and it shall devour the briars and the thorns, and shall kindle the thickets of the forest, and they shall mount up like the lifting up of smoke. And through the wrath of the Lord of hosts, is the land darkened, and the people shall be as the fuel to the fire. No man shall spare his brother. He shall snatch on the right hand and be hungry. He shall eat on the left hand, and they shall not be satisfied. They shall eat every man the flesh of his own arm. Manasseh, Ephraim, Ephraim, Manasseh, and they together shall be against Judah. For all of this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. The stretched out hand of God in judgment, but still the people are not turning, but still staying obdurate in their ways. Woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees and that write grievousness which they have prescribed to turn aside the needy from judgment, to take away the right 
from the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey and that they rob the fatherless. And this is the thing that upsets me most, I think, about these computerized letters and all, is they go out to these poor little widows on social security and these little, you know, these people are sending in their money to these guys that are driving Cadillacs and living high. That just galls me. They're making a prey of the widows. They're robbing the fatherless, these people that can't afford it, and yet, you know, they, they don't have enough sense to read between the lines, and they send in their pension money to these fellows. Oh, that is upsetting to me. You know, they live in fancy mansions, and whew, God's going to deal with them. Woe unto them. You betcha woe. In 2 Peter chapter 2, but these were false prophets, all, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. How are you going to know them? Who privately will bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through, this is how you recognize them, through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. Anytime a person by flattery or feigned words seeks to make merchandise of you, you know he's a false prophet. A true shepherd is interested in feeding the flock rather than fleecing the flock. Pray for me. God help me. I could. <laughs> the Bible says, suffer not thy mouth to cause thee to sin. And I have to be careful that I don't let my mouth get me into deeper trouble. And what will you do in the day of visitation? That is the day when God visits in his judgment, in desolation which shall come from far. To whom will you flee for help? And where will you leave your glory? Without me, they shall bow down under the prisoners. They shall fall under the slain. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still, going deeper and deeper. And yet they continue in their ways, and God's hand is still stretched out. So God is going to use Assyria now as a rod to punish the northern kingdom. O Assyrian! The rod of my anger and the staff in their hand is my indignation. I will send him against a hypocritical nation. And against the people of my wrath will I give him a charge to take the spoil and to take the prey and to tread them down like the mire in the streets. Howbeit he meaneth not so, neither does his heart think so, but it is in his heart to destroy and to cut off the nations, not a few. For he saith, Are not my princes altogether kings? And is not Calno as Carchemish and Hamath as Arphed? And is not Samaria as Damascus? In other words, I've destroyed these other capital cities. I've destroyed these other nations and aren't one just like another. I'll just go through and wipe them all out. Now, here's an interesting thing. God says, I'm going to use Assyria as the rod of my judgment to come down and, and to... Uh, wipe out Samaria. And yet, 
Though Assyria is used as God's rod of judgment, because Assyria destroys God's people, then God's going to wipe out Assyria. They didn't realize that they were being used of God in this, and they began lift, being lifted up in pride. Now, the interesting thing, when you go back into Chronicles and you read of Hezekiah, when Shennacherib came against Jerusalem, and he began to challenge the men who were sitting there on the wall. He said, don't let Hezekiah the king tell you that God is going to take care of things, that God will defend you. For where are the gods of the Syrians? And they began to name all of these nations that they have conquered. Their gods weren't able to help them, and neither is your God able to help you. Don't listen to Hezekiah. He's telling you, just, you know, don't worry, God's going to take care Listen, the other gods weren't able to handle them, and your God isn't able to handle you. And the very thing that Isaiah predicted is actually the very taunt that the Assyrian ambassador spoke against the people. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Isaiah on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Isaiah 9-10 through when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord keep His hand upon your life, and may He open up your heart and your mind and your understanding to the things of the Spirit. May He cause you to realize that His righteous principles will always prevail, that when God speaks, it can be accounted as done. And when God establishes a principle, it cannot be violated. And thus may you live in that place where God can bless you as He desires to bless you. May you keep yourself in the love of God. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Gather the kids together because the Word for Today would like to present a kids' book by Pastor Chuck called The Story of the Resurrection of Jesus. Each book contains an audio CD of Pastor Chuck reading this story, featuring the voice talents of Skip Heitzig. But I will come back again on the third day. 
Greg Laurie. It's Jesus. Hi, Peter. Raul Reese. See, it's really Jesus. Gosh. Cheryl Broderson. The stone was rolled away. The tomb is empty. And so many more. It's never too early to start reading to your children timeless biblical stories taught by Pastor Chuck. To order your copy, call the word for today at 800-272-WORD. Or to see a sneak preview, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org where you can order this book in print or as a digital download. Again, the number to call is 800-272-9673.